today, Peter. We won't just be leaning on your wealth of expertise and uh, knowledge base. Uh, we'll be on the telephone to a guest that we've had on the, your show a few times before. As everybody knows, I'm a, a big fan of good gut health and you know, believe that having a healthy gut is key to having good health. So today we've got a very special guest, um, my friend Lee Holmes from the Supercharged series of, of books and products and all sorts of things, um, talking with us today about gut health, but particularly the connection between stress and gut health. All right, of course, uh, Lee is a, uh, a nutritionist, a yoga and meditation teacher, whole food chef and author, as well as being a mum also. Lee, how do you find time to fit all of that in and, and to have a bit of a yarn about gut health as well? <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty busy lately, but, you know, I just um, do a little bit at a time and it all seems to work itself out. Now, Lee, thank you. Um, so, so lovely to talk with you again. Thanks for coming on the show this morning. Thank um, you for now, having me on the show. It's nice to hear you. When we when we talk about gut health, you know, you and I have spoken to this about this numerous times, and you know, pretty much every patient that I see has that comes in has some sort of digestive issue, whether it's mm. you know a diagnosed condition, you know, like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's or celiac, or whether it's just symptoms like bloating, wind, bowel variability, heartburn, or reflux. So more and more people seem to be having gut issues, Lee. Why, any thoughts about why that is? Let's throw you in with a big question first off. <laughs> I've noticed that too, especially so many different symptoms and issues that people are coming in with too. And um, I think that I personally believe that diet and lifestyle does play a major part in the health of your gut. Because when you think about it, you know, all your hydration and nutrition goes through there. So and is dispersing to your body. So of course it needs to be getting to the right places and working well. And I think, you know, our modern sort of lifestyle can be really um, attributed to an unhealthy gut. Things like, especially things like with COVID. I think I don't know about you, but more, people are eating a little bit more during COVID. Yeah, they're eating a little quickly. They're kind of um, maybe eating on the run. There's other things too, like. Because of the influence of a lot of popular diets like paleo and keto, they are very missing. They miss a lot of that valuable prebiotic fiber and resistant starches that the the gut really needs to feed the good bacteria in the gut. So people on those um, sort of limited diets are now um, coming in with a lot of gut issues because they're not having a balanced diet and not getting enough of those fibers as well. And then obviously, you know, the food that that we're eating these days, food production has changed and obviously there's a lot more sort of processed foods with chemicals and additives that the gut finds it hard to process. There's been a rise in antibiotics as well um, and that does mess with the gut ecosystem too. Look, that's a, that's a really fascinating point, isn't it? Because you sort of think, when we think about um, having a good gut health and good mi- healthy microbiome, it is about the prebiotics and the good fibers and the fermented foods. Um, but you, you, And we often think that, you know, one of the reasons why um, we could have poor gut health is because of, you know, a poor diet, processed foods, packaged foods, you know, yeah. dead foods really that don't contain any of that, that living nutrition. But you're right, there's a lot more people these days on um, selective diets, even, and us naturopaths are a bit guilty of this, a lot of people eating gluten-free diets where, you know, rye bread or organic sourdough rye bread, rye contains an awesome fiber that look works as a good prebiotic for the bowel. So, yeah, you're right. It's not just bad diets, but it's also these 
um, healthy restrictive diets that go on for a period of time. So that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, the gut is like I I always like to talk about it as a as an Amazonian rainforest. You've not you've got the soil. You want it to be nice and rich and fertilized, and then you've got the trees, your good bacteria, and then you've got all of the food, the fertilizer for them. And those prebiotic fibers are so important when it comes to feeding your good bacteria in the gut because some of it doesn't last that long. You might think that you have like an ecosystem and you've got good and bad bacteria in there, but the bacteria, there's so many different strains. Some of them only last seconds in the gut. They really need to be fed. They're like little babies with their mouths open. <laughs> they need to be fed. And a balanced diet can really, really help that. So when we think about um, just... Um, even kids' health, you think about um, kids get their microbiome implant, implant basically from their mothers, from the birth process, coming through the vaginal canal, if it's yeah. a vaginal birth, and then being breastfed, you know, encourages the, the spread of the good gut bugs. So a child's gut bugs very much dependent on mums. And what mm. I'm seeing a lot of is that, and maybe this is another reason why we're seeing more young people with gut health is, that these kids often aren't getting a good start and then they're often on very restrictive diet for one reason and another as well, you know, where so many more kids these days won't eat vegetables and won't eat, you know, a lot of these foods we need to feed the gut. So uh, I think that, um, yeah, it's across all generations, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is, all ages and stages, definitely. And then I think, like, there's a big occurrence of allergies as well and that stems back in kids and that stems back gut health as well don't you think yeah definitely definitely i think that's you know where when when we were kids or i'm i think i'm am i older than you anyway you don't have to say that on on air <laughs> but um definitely when we were kids like we didn't have you know all these nut free preschools and daycare centers and egg free and chocolate free mm. like it it definitely seems to have gotten away on this 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 whole allergy thing so mm-hmm. yeah so i think that's a really good point i think um as you said it's that restriction in in diet not just necessarily bad diets but restrictive diets and mm. also the fact that our kids are starting off maybe from a, a a bad place when it comes to microbiome diversity and numbers mm-hmm. gotta say uh, gotta say peter egg free and chocolate free doesn't sound that very exciting does it doesn't sound very nice <laughs> all right before we get back to lee holmes uh, alan you are at stockton and you you've got a question about eggs in relation to uh, gut health alan eggs what's your question Every morning uh, for breakfast, I have a um, two tablespoons full of olive oil, and then I have a light cereal with uh, blueberries, and then I wait approximately one hour. Then I have two soft-boiled eggs. Um, now I'm hearing so many different um, things about eggs, whether or not they're good for you or not. Now I have access to the internet, and they say that eggs are one of the best um, veg. Um, one of the best um, things you can have for breakfast. I was just wondering, you were talking about eggs, and what's your opinion of eggs? Um, look, it's a really good question, actually, Alan. And um, some people believe that um, cooked eggs actually can be a bit hard for us to digest, um, that a lot of people that have food intolerance, rather, like it can be egg, cooked egg protein that... Um, um, is an issue but um, I am a fan of eggs if you seem to tolerate it okay from a gut point of view I am a fan of eggs and but I would limit it to maybe four to six a week maximum so I wouldn't be having eggs every day right well I, I have two eggs every day soft boiled and when I mean soft boiled 
just barely um, just three minutes. Yeah, that's the definitely the way to go. Not overcooking those proteins, but yeah, I, I would still recommend you limit that to six a week. That's just um, yeah. So we're not overdoing anything. All right, thank you very much, Alan. And uh, we are back. Is Lee there? Lee is there. I'm here. What's your view about eggs? Um, I think that they're a good little powerhouse food, um, but not all the time. Yeah. Just you know, as part of a regular diet, I think that they've got some good stuff in there. So, yeah. How many a week would you say? I was just talking to I, Alan. He has two eggs yeah. a week, seven days a week. Two eggs a day, seven <laughs> days a week. I would say having eggs once or twice a week is good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. very good. A couple of times. What, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think um, anything like that, like our body can become a bit more reactive to. Like we mm. we can do a food intolerance test, which looks at um, IgG antibodies and oh. eggs, cooked eggs often come up. So, but I think mm. one of the reasons we develop or can develop intolerances is if we're eating the same foods all the time. So, mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a fan, maybe of you know a bit of seasonal rotation with that. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a really good point. I agree with that, and just especially for gut health too, you want to have diversity. If you're having the same kind of milk every week, you want to switch it up. Once you finish one, maybe you want to have oat milk and then try rice milk or Anything like that, switching things up, switching cereal up, switching breakfast up, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I do too. And even probiotics as well, it's important. Mm -hmm. You'd agree with that. You'd change change your probiotics or change your fermented food. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Otherwise, you're just getting a lot of one strain and you're missing out on some of the others. And they all work together. It's very synergistic. Now, Lee, one of the, you know, talking about... um, you and I have talked about this a lot, the gut-brain connection. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of been proven in science now that there is this big connection between gut health and brain function. And mm-hmm. I was saying to Mark earlier, it's interesting, in our language, we've known about this for a long time. You know, we'll use terms like stewing over something or saying that, you know, something is hard to swallow or, yeah. you know, if we're nervous, we'll feel butterflies in your stomach. Yeah. So, yeah, for a long time, we've all been aware that the gastrointestinal tract is sensitive to emotion, anger, anxiety, sadness. Mm-hmm. So stress, how much of a role do you see that stress plays with gut health problems? I think that stress is, plays a major role in gut health problems, and I think it works both ways. So the health of your digestive system, you know, how it is right now, directly impacts your brain and your mood and how you feel. But then also on the flip side, constant stress in your body can affect the levels of good bacteria in the gut. So it kind of goes in both directions. And as you mentioned, the gut-brain axis, obviously the vagus nerve that runs up and down, it's like an information superhighway that's continually sending messages back and forth. For every one message that your brain sends to your gut, your gut actually sends 10 back up. So it has um, a really more of a relationship your gut with your brain than your brain does with your gut. And then when you think about, you know, mood, 90% of your serotonin is manufactured in the gut and that's your happy hormone. So it's going to affect, definitely going to affect your mood, the state of health of your gut and your ecosystem, your microbiome. Yeah, and for sure. So, you know, symptoms like anxiety and depression like um, are also going to be affected, as you're saying, with the serotonin and just that gut gut-brain connection it's yeah absolutely a couple of the things that I've just been looking into lately um, and a lot of researchers now in America are are 
leaning towards inflammation in the gut to help keep anxiety and depression under control. They think by treating that, that's going to really help. And then the other area which I find most fascinating is um, psychobiotics, so probiotics to help with anxiety and depression. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's amazing. I love that term, psycho, not as in psycho, but psychobiotics, the fact that the, yeah. the probiotics can have an effect or an influence on mood. Well, you're not going to forget. That the, you're not going to forget it. <laughs> I haven't taken my psychobiotics today. You walk into Peter's <laughs> office and you ask, I know what I've got to ask for. <laughs> Peter Mullen is here, as is uh, Lee Holmes. And uh, Lee, of course, it's that time where you're going to rattle off some of your uh, top five uh, tips for us. Yeah, um, for gut help. Well, I think one of the major things to do or one of the most important things to do is to know that everyone is individual and what works for one person may not work for another So it's really just about being in tune with your body. So if you're doing mindful eating and you're eating something and then afterwards you feel bloated, you can kind of check in and see whether you're getting any symptoms afterwards. And I think one of the first things to look at is the foods that you're eating and then anything that you find hard to digest. It may be it may be a salad, it may be raw food, which are very healthy, but for people with sensitive guts, it might be a good place to start. You know, less raw food might allow yourself to your gut to repair and also help with inflammation if you're feeling inflamed. Um, the next tip I have is to really start to increase the amount of um, microbiome-friendly foods. By that, I mean eating more pre- and probiotics. So things like chicory, things like peas are really good prebiotics. Sweet potatoes are really good as well. And then probiotics are things like fermented foods, um, sauerkraut, kefir, those kinds of foods. And then another big one is just staying hydrated. So you want you want things to be moving through your body. You want to be having enough hydration so everything's kind of cleaning out and you're feeling really good. And and then it just comes down to eating more of a gut-friendly diet. So, so if you do have issues with gas and bloating and digestion, maybe eating more cooked foods, maybe some... If you're um, not vegetarian, some bone broths are really good for sort of healing and sealing the lining of the gut. Having more avocado, like, you know, omega-3 fatty acids, they're really good for inflammation. And once again, just um, tackling that inflammation in the gut is a really good place to start as well. And Lee, what's your, what's your favorite um, fermented food at the moment? Um, at the moment, I'm, I'm loving kefir. So what I do is uh, I put it into my smoothies in the morning. So I'm really loving that. And it's full of good, friendly bacteria. So I have that in a smoothie with rocket. I put some berries and banana in there, some greens in there. I love color. So I put in some carrots as well. Any kind of color. I just I try and drink or eat the rainbow. And then I always try and add a probiotic or a prebiotic and, and a prebiotic-rich food. So I kind of cover every base. <laughs> that's beautiful and that's a great way to do it isn't it because if you can put all yeah. that into a smoothie you're getting a lot more of that um raw prebiotic sort of fiber that mm. maybe you wouldn't eat if you were having okay. that in a salad so smoothies and juices are a great way of really concentrating that yeah yeah and Lee, just with um and water obviously that's a really big point as well because um it's hard to be healthy if we're dehydrated What's um what's maybe one of your favorite recipes if someone's getting um you know like gut gut issues like bloating or um bowel variability? Mm. I think I'm um, just going back to basics and one of my favorite recipes I have is just it's actually a turmeric chicken broth. 
So it's just very gentle on the tummy. It's very anti-inflammatory. There's a recipe on my website for it, superchargefood.com. Um, it's easy to make and, yeah, it's just a broth and that's very, just very healing and very soothing for the gut lining. And that's what you want to do. You want to just settle the gut lining down. Maybe don't put anything like onion or garlic in it because they can contribute to bloating. Yeah. So if someone's suffering from bloating, just but just very, very simple, slow-cooked foods are good. Fantastic. Lee, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll have to do another segment later in the year if you're keen. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and Lee, just um, if anyone wants to find out more about you or see what else you're up to, what's um, what's a good place for people to find you? Um, superchargedfood.com is the website. And I also have another site called superchargeyourgut.com, which has a lot of articles and research about gut health on it too. That's fantastic, Lee. Thank you. Thank you so much, as always. Mark and I got a lot out of that session, and I'm sure everybody listening did as well. Yeah, a great uh, way to wrap up health and well-being. Peter, you'll be back next week. Uh, what, what have we got next Tuesday for us? Uh, no idea. No idea. You've got a week. <laughs> You've got a week. Your time starts now. That's it. All right, and a big thanks to Lee Holmes as well for being a part of health and well-being on 2NURFM 103.7. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.